What's up, Cyclone Wrestling fans? You're listening to the Sudden Victory Podcast presented by Wide Right Natty Light. I'm Sam Phillips here with Jacob England. Jacob, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. A little stuffed after Thanksgiving. What about you, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. We did not get an episode out last week because of it, but we've got a feast of wrestling to talk about. The huge matchup, Iowa-Iowa State, the Cyhawk duel is back. The Cyclone wrestlers heading to Carver-Hawkeye Arena enemy territory that is going to be a dandy but before we talk about that and give our preview there we've got a couple other things to talk about the team has been in action so we've got plenty to talk about other news uh just big 12 wrestling wise jacob i know you sent this to me steven buchanan is in the transfer portal and that is a incredibly talented wrestler what were your first thoughts when you saw that Holy shit. <laughs> that was my first thought. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, when I first looked at it, I kind of rubbed my eyes a little bit and I was like, what? Why is he doing that? But then after you talking to me and um, you can relay a little bit more of the information on that, it makes more sense. Stephen Buchanan, for you, those of you that don't know, Big 12 champion at 197 out of Wyoming and uh, you know had beaten Younger Bastida twice last season, once in the duel. I believe in overtime and then once at the national tournament. So incredibly talented, was ranked number uh, three in the country at this point and just hadn't uh, shown up to any events yet. Everyone in the wrestling world was trying to figure out what was going on. And lo and behold, basically right before the wrestling season, Wyoming's assistant coach, Tion Ware, became one of the assistant coaches at Oklahoma for the Sooners where he wrestled. And that was the primary coach for Stephen Buchanan out there for the Wyoming Cowboys. And so then Buchanan was sort of weighing his options. Did he want to stay at Wyoming? Is he going to enter the transfer portal? Ultimately, that is what he decided. And, you know, all signs point to him going to Oklahoma. So he will, it sounds like, not be able to wrestle this year. Uh, he does have a redshirt available, so he'll have two years of eligibility left after this. But that is one less wrestler uh, out of younger Bastida's path from a national title as far as this season goes. And I'm telling you, that's a big, big win for Younger Bastida. Yeah, if Younger continues to show the improvement he has, then there's no saying that he wouldn't have won that match. But anytime you are 0-2 against someone and they're no longer in the equation, you've got to be a little bit happy about that. I am happy, but I'm also really sad because I think Younger has really improved. Like, even on the top position... The few matches that I have seen, he is he has worked very hard, and I've seen that. and And I would have loved to see Buchanan and uh, Bastida going after it for a third round because I I think he would have really took him to the wire on that one. Yeah, and I mean Bastida's still got two years of eligibility left after this one too, so I think we will see it in the future. And obviously, if he um if Buchanan does end up at Oklahoma, like things are looking like he will, then it will, you know, that's a duel that is probably going to happen, whether Oklahoma stays in the big 12 for wrestling or not, you're going to see Iowa state and Oklahoma find each other in a dual meet, just like Iowa state found Missouri when they left the big 12 and were no longer a big 12 wrestling affiliate. So yeah, I think we'll still get to see that matchup again, but it will be delayed, which is a bit of a bummer in actual wrestling news. Iowa state took on Grandview a couple weeks ago up in Humboldt. Second year they've done the duel up in Humboldt. Jacob, what did you think of it? You know, in the last podcast that we had, uh, I told you that, you know, beware of Grandview because they're no pushovers. And I thought 
um, the upper weights did their job and we knew that the upper weights were going to handle the other guys, uh, at Grandview pretty well, but the lower weights, I think the younger kids, they really kind of woke up a little bit because, uh, let me tell you, Grandview did some really good things and I was really, I'm actually impressed with them. Yeah. Uh, super impressive Grandview team. Like we mentioned last time, uh, you know, Iowa state was the last team to beat Grandview. They snapped their, I think it was 116 dual meet winning streak, the longest in collegiate wrestling history when they beat them this time. So pretty cool to see the Cyclones bookend that, but it was a lot more comfortable this time with Iowa state winning 40 to nothing in spite of all the close matches, you know, you had close matches from Kyson Tarakina wins five, two Ramazan Adasov wins seven threes. Casey Swiderski was losing entering the third period before he really opened that match up. And then Panero Johnson squeaks one out in sudden victory. And then we get to the, you know, the midder, middle upper weights, like you mentioned, Jacob, they really showed out. Uh, Jason Kreiser picked up a third period fall. David Carr, Tech fall. Broderson won four to two. Marcus Coleman, major decision. Yager Bessie, a major decision. And then Sam Schuyler was winning before uh, Greg Hagan had to injury default. So all in all, I mean, you individual match wise, I think a lot of those were closer than you hope. But like we mentioned last time, almost everybody in that Grandview lineup is a num- ranked number one or two in NAIA. And that is, you know, a really tough division. Arguably, uh, you know, a lot of those wrestlers would be contending for all American status or at the very least national qualifiers at the division one level. Okay. But I have to bring it up. Jason Cra- or Jason Cragers, that guy that he had to wrestle just gave me anxiety. I don't know if you remember that match. Sam, yeah, but yeah, it was very back and forth, very scrambly. There's like a one to one and a half minute scramble there for a while. And how Kreiser ended up picking up the fall was when he went to uh reverse Geo Bonilla or Bonilla from Grandview and caught him on his back. And you know, sort of uh, you know, it was a pretty close match before that. And I remember talking on Discord, I've wrestled those types of guys, and it is so hard. I mean, the way Jason had to pin him down just for a split second to get him on his back, that was a quick second because he was so loosey-goosey. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I, I don't know how he wrestles, but there was a lot of kids that I did wrestle like that, and man, that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I mean, always scary when you're wrestling a funky wrestler like that, and it's, you know, like you had mentioned uh, when we were talking about it, you just gotta, it's kind of like climbing a rope. You just gotta get one thing, secure one limb and then work up from there. And until you can control the whole wrestler. And that's how Kreiser was able to get the pin in that match. Yeah. He basically got him. He was, if I remember right, he was trying to like roll on his back. And I had a wrestler back in high school who did that all the time. And the way he, uh, Jason did that was he, he kind of like pinned himself back and grabbed his, uh, I don't remember what limb he grabbed, but he grabbed so he could turn. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen in that match. Like we've said, Granby's a solid team. So to win all 10 matches there, I think all in all, you're you're okay with the outcome. I, I'm very happy with that outcome. I, I know that there were some close matches, but like I was talking to you, Sam, it just, it, Granby's tough. 
they are extremely tough and, and especially uh, for in the division that they are, they will test people, especially like Iowa state and their, in their uh, weights. So after that, uh, David Carr and Kyson Tarakina, I believe jumped on a flight that night down to Austin, Texas to go compete in the all-star meet Kyson Tarakina being a late addition to the card took on Pat McKee of Minnesota and, you know, it was, Gave up a takedown in the opening period and was battling in there in the second period. Took a shot and was basically pancaked to his back. Um, Pat McKee, you know, has the propensity to do that. His hit list at the 125 pound weight class is pretty impressive. And so, you know, not what you want to see out of Kyson, but at the end of the day, it's an exhibition match. Um, you know, just fun to get down there and be in that environment for him, I think. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it doesn't go on his record. It, it's a good opportunity to learn from it and go from there, especially in, in those scenarios and situations. Um, I, I'm looking for him to bounce back. Like I said, it being pancaked on your back is never fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Kyson Tarakina has been a wrestler of ups and downs and sort of a roller coaster ride. I would much rather have him use a down uh, you know, get it out of his system during that match rather than in this upcoming one this week. Yeah, this one's extremely important. So to have him kind of go back and and uh, relax and and uh, kind of refocus is going to be good for him. Absolutely. So then the other Cyclone wrestling down there, David Carr took on Quincy Monday, and this was, uh, we've talked about it, a legacy matchup. Their fathers were, you know, some of the, part of the, maybe the best collegiate wrestling rivalry of all time, um, going back to the eighties and, you know, both became very respected wrestlers worldwide with their freestyle accomplishments. Really. I mean, these guys knew each other since they were kids and it kind of looked like they were just out there having, uh, you know, having fun and not, they didn't really cut loose as much as I thought they would Jacob. No. Um, but you knew that, David was wanting to win that match. And when he got on top, he did not let go. I was actually extremely impressed with that because that was a huge, huge benefit to David. And to be honest, that was a, a critique that I've heard a lot of announcers come out, you know, uh, David has really, you know, worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, you know, but this really showed that he actually did work on it and, and sh- shows that when the time comes, he will ride. Yeah. And that was the difference for him in this match. David Carr comes away with a two to one victory. Both wrestlers had escapes and Carr had about a minute 30 of riding time. So he got the point there, you know, pretty much. I mean, they, these guys spent a lot of time in the neutral position in this match and Carr was definitely the aggressor. I think if it was not in an all-star meet setting, you might see Quincy Monday get hit for stalling a couple of times just because Carr, you know, was taking so many more shots Monday had phenomenal head hands defense Carr did not get to his hips uh, very often, if at all. So he's got that going for him, but Carr was certainly the superior wrestler, even if it was just by, uh, you know, 30 seconds of writing time. Like I was talking to Sam, he knew better. He didn't want to really shoot in and risk risk, you know, getting uh, a defense stop and then uh, getting, two points, two unnecessary points. He was being a very safe and uh, guarding himself as well. Yeah. And that's the recipe for beating David Carr really is to play it very safe and sneak something out, seek out a takedown or 
uh, you know, ride him out or something like that. That's how he was taken out at nationals last year. And that's how you've seen a lot of his big 12 opponents try to stay in those matches. You know, it, you're preventing David Carr from getting to his reshots where he really, really excels. All right. He got, he had one and it was getting close, but defended very well. And, and, uh, they went back up and I was like, oh man, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. With the all-star meet in the bag, the next thing up for the Cyclones was just this past weekend, the Harold Nichols Cyclone Open in Ames, not as, you know, not as big of a tournament as it has been in the past. In the past, you know, you've seen uh, incredibly successful D1 teams like Missouri and Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska send starters there. This year, it was pretty much select Iowa State starters, select UNI starters, and then some backups from the Midwest, but we did get a couple of results of note. Julian Broderson won the 174 pound bracket over teammate Joel Devine. So you certainly expect uh, Broderson to be the guy going forward. It was, however, a very close match, six to five in Broderson's favor. He had a couple of takedowns that were the difference. The door is not shut on who's going to be the starter at 174, but Broderson seems to have a leg up, at least at this point. Did you think at this point in the season that Broderson would have a leg up over Divine? I really, going into the season, I mean, I thought Divine looked solid last year and he's coming back from injury now, but Broderson had a fantastic offseason. So it is a bit surprising to me, but I'm happy to see him building on that offseason that he put together. Sure. And then the other news there, 133, Ramazan have won the tournament. You did not see Zach Redding wrestle at the Cyclone Open. Not really sure if that was due to limiting the amount of times he has to get down to 133 or if he will not be uh, spending much time at 133 if the spot is basically Ramazan's right now. We don't really know. We've never heard any further elaboration on that. Really, I feel pretty comfortable with whoever Iowa State, uh, whoever's the guy at 133 for Iowa State this season. Yeah, Ramazan last year had a pretty solid season with Zach Redding going in there. Um, I'm, I am comfortable with it and we'll see what happens. You know, we've got a tough tournament or a tough duel coming up and you know, just as well as I do, we have to get to it. Absolutely. You ready, Jacob? (laughs) I'm ready whenever you are. Let's get into it. First of all, did you see the video that our friends over at stalemates put out about the rivalry between coach dresser and coach brands? So I saw you post it. I need to look at it. You're going to have to give me a gist of it. And then I'm going to, after this podcast, I am going to go in and take a look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't recommend it enough if you are interested at all in Cyclone Wrestling. And I think it really, uh, if you're not, even if you're not interested in Cyclone Wrestling, but you're just an Iowa State diehard fan and wants to learn more about the dynamic, you know, you're in Iowa, the wrestling, Cyhawk wrestling duel is a huge thing. And I'm sure you know about it if you're an Iowa State fan, whether you follow wrestling closely or not. Two of the most storied programs in the history of the sport going at it. That should be enough uh, just to get you interested. But then you have this whole dynamic between Coach Tom Brands and Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser. You probably know that Kevin Dresser wrestled at Iowa back in the 80s, a little bit older than Tom Brands. You may not know that before Tom Brands was the coach at Iowa, he was a coach at Virginia Tech. And when he left to go to Iowa, Kevin Dresser took over as coach at Virginia Tech. Um, So that's, I think, sort of where uh, things got a little bit shaky in their relationship. And then where things really got shaky is when Dresser had built up that Virginia Tech program 
and the Hokies were supposed to take on Iowa in what they were calling the national dual series at the time. And Iowa basically said, no, we're not going to wrestle them. And Dresser was not having that, you know, all the criteria said that they should have been wrestling, but Iowa gets to bend the rules sometimes in the wrestling world to their favor uh, because of their status as one of the big dogs in Virginia Tech. Certainly at the time was not as well respected as they were just climbing up. Uh, They've had some choice words. And then uh, with last year's dual meet, you know, you had the fireworks after the match with Terry Brands running over into the Iowa State uh, wrestlers area and the coaches area. Words being said, sort of a benches cleared situation. Yeah, I remember that. Well, even then, okay, now we're going to get into it because (laughs) that last match last year with Sam Schuyler and and uh, with the three stalling calls right in a row, like in the same period, just stalling, stalling song done. I was just so mad about that. And then when Terry Brands goes in there and starts like yelling at the other players, I was like, all right, it's it's game on now. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention all the uh, antics of the Brands brothers in the corner, you know, in with the crowd during that dual meet. And then with Iowa wrestlers going up and interfering with the commentators of all people, it's safe to say I'm not a big fan of them. And I think there's plenty of people in the wrestling world that aren't, Uh, you know, part of that comes with Iowa being such a big name, but also a lot of it, they've just straight up earned with their antics. You don't see that kind of hate for the Penn States of the world who have been extremely successful. Iowa really antagonizes that, you know, they love to be hated. You know, I'm... I'm hoping for a win so that we can put them a peg down. I am. I'm done with them. I really am. Yeah, it's time. It's time. So uh, let's get into the probable lineup. Cody Goodwin posted the projected starters that was released by the programs earlier this week. And let's just start at 125, Jacob. Aiden Harris, the only wrestler listed for Iowa, slated to take on Kyson Tarakina. However... I know Spencer Lee is coming off double ACL surgery, but Brands has been saying for weeks that he is day to day and Brands has a history of not listing all of his probable starters on Tuesday. If there's any chance that Spencer Lee is going to wrestle, he's a probable starter. Brands doesn't do that. He will just throw guys out there that weren't listed earlier in the week. And it really doesn't make sense because you'd think you'd want the crowd to get there to go watch Spencer Lee wrestle. He's a fan favorite, but that's just not how they work over there. Just last week, Nelson Brands was not listed at 174 and ended up getting the match against Penn. And a couple of years ago, I think it would have been that uh, 2019 Cyhawk duel, Sam Stoll was not supposed to wrestle and then came out of the tunnel at heavyweight because the Hawkeyes needed him. So my initial thought, Jacob, Tyson Tarakina, if you get Aiden Harris, we need bonus points there. But if it's Spencer Lee, don't be that surprised. I think I don't think anyone in the Iowa State wrestling room is counting on Spencer Lee not wrestling. Yeah, I would be fully prepared. I'd be uh, talking in Kaisen Tarakina's uh, ear saying, hey, uh, don't be surprised if Spencer Lee comes out and be prepared for that. Just like uh, Tarakina, if uh, Aiden Harris comes out, uh, same thing with Spencer Lee. Don't be giving that, those bonus points away. You know, if you if if you're trying to uh, win this duel, you got to think for the team. And 
And uh, <laughs> Spencer Lee's a man. I'll be honest with you on that, Sam. He's a man. Yeah. Uh, amongst boys. And with Kyson there, I would be saying, think smart when you're doing every single move. Uh, think ahead. Is this going to put me on my back? Because <laughs> if there's a will, there's a way. And I know Spencer Lee will find something and you've got to outsmart him. Well, I think the other thing is, uh, you know, in a match where you're completely overmatched like that, you have to compete as best as you can. It is Seven minutes is a really long time to just try not to get pinned. You need to get yourself in situations and say you need to, there's 30 seconds left and you can't give up two more takedowns get in on a shot and try to finish a shot. You can kill 30 seconds there. Uh, you know, you're, it's not going to take him feet to back and win the match like you may need, but it's not going to give up uh, bonus points. If you can kill some clock that way, you could definitely do a stalemate for a long period of time. I mean, Sam, how many times have I've you and I've seen where they're in a shot. And if you just move around a little bit, they'll keep on going until it's like completely dead. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to keep wrestling your match, uh, even if the odds are against you. And, you know, that's the thing about this 125 pound match. I think pretty much anybody in the wrestling community would agree that the outcome is 90%, 95% positive. The only question mark at 125 is who Iowa sends out. If they send out Spencer Lee, pretty much everybody's picking Spencer Lee, probably by bonus points. If they send out Aiden Harris, pretty much everyone's picking Kyson Tarakina, probably by bonus points. You know, I don't think necessarily that uh, if Spencer Lee comes out that Iowa State cannot win the duel. But man, is that a huge flip from getting bonus points your way to giving them up? Yeah, and and I know Kyson will wrestle smart. He's not. He's a he's a good wrestler. But you you also got Spencer Lee on the other side who had <laughs> a double or what was it? One of his ACLs was completely out and the other one was going out and he won the national championship. So that tells you, you know, just wrestle and continue, continually wrestle, but don't put yourself in dangerous situations. Yep, exactly. So 133, Iowa also has a little bit of a question mark. Cullen Shriver, the only one listed. Brody Teske is also been the guy for them this season. Sounds like he's got a knee injury or something like that is what's been put out there. There's a couple other things out there, but Cullen Shriver, you know, really not that big of a difference in the performance between these two guys so far this season. Yeah. He's a uh, eight and one right now uh, for his uh, record. Uh, his only loss has actually came on the 26th. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, it's Michael and I, you probably know him from Pennsylvania. Yep. That is Michael Koliako. Uh, that yeah, is I wasn't the wrestler that. <laughs> that Ramazan Adesayev wrestled first round at the NCAA tournament and Adesayev uh, was injured in that match. So not really a good metric, I guess, between the two. But, uh, you know, and this is a situation where Iowa State has two guys listed. We've got Ramazan Adesayev. Uh, you know, he wrestled 133 all last year. We haven't seen him yet this season. You Big 12, third place finisher last year at 133 and then we've also got zach redding big 12 third place finisher at 133 two years ago picked up a big win over taylor lamont in the wisconsin duel but then went out there and pretty much laid an egg against california baptist redding had spent time up at 141 there's questions about uh if he can handle getting down to 133 uh, is there someone you prefer to see go out for the cyclones jacob 
if Zach Redding is having trouble with uh, 133, I I would prefer Adesayev being out there, to be honest with you, because maybe he can uh, be a little bit better. I'm not saying that he's better than what Zach Redding is, but you know just as well as I do, uh, when I was in high school wrestling and you try to cut that weight and it it's almost halfway impossible, man, does that drain you and – if he's having that much trouble, uh, I'd rather have uh, Adesayev out there in, yeah. in a more natural way, to be honest. I think uh, a lot of people's perception of this is that Redding has the higher upside, but Adesayev is going to be a lot more consistent. And I think there's some pretty sound logic behind that. But either way, uh, you know, I think Ramazan Adesayev has tremendous potential. He was so hard to score on last year. And so if he can just brush up on his attacks, maybe add something to that single leg that he's got in the Russian die, then he's going to be a force to be reckoned with at 133. And really, if Shriver's the guy, I would say that Iowa State is probably favored at 133. So many of these matches are toss-ups. If you ask someone, they'd probably say it's a toss-up, but it leans Iowa State just a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree uh, whether you put Redding or Adesayev on there. And to be honest with you, we haven't seen, I mean, besides the Cyclone Open, uh, did you have a chance to see Adesayev wrestle? No, there was no way to stream that. So Okay, uh, so yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't know if anybody has seen it or not, but I would I would love to see what, you know, from last year to this year, what Adesayev has done. I, I'm really interested and curious, but... We'll see who goes out there, whether it's Zach Redding or if it's uh, Ramazan outside of, I'm going to be there, you know, rooting for both of them. Absolutely. And then at 141, you've got the true freshman, Casey Swiderski. We don't know who he's going to take on. Swiderski himself is up to number 12 in the intermat rankings. And I believe he's number eight in the flow wrestling rankings, a little bit higher, really making some waves at 141 as a true freshman. And he will be taking on either Drew Bennett, the Fort Dodge uh, senior, who's been wrestling for the Hawkeyes so far this year, or the new face, the new kid in town, Real Woods. He was a two-time All-American for Stanford, transferred into the program this year, is currently ranked number two. However, he has been off the mat. He's listed at, this is the first time he's even been listed in the probable lineup. We have not seen him compete in an Iowa singlet yet. I would love to see this match. I think Swiderski is um, there's been a couple matches where he's gotten behind, but he is relentless and I would love to see real woods go against him because I think it's going to be one hell of a match. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one where, yeah, I want to see that real woods versus Casey Swiderski match so bad. Uh, obviously it's better for the cyclones. If the number two ranked kid for the Hawkeyes is not out there. Casey Swiderski certainly favored to win against Drew Bennett, possibly even favored to yeah, but, pick up bonus points. But yeah, say it, Jake. How 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 good would it feel to have Swiderski beat Woods right on the Iowa mat? I exactly. would in cover Hawkeye go, arena. I would go insane. Yes. I, I'm gonna go on Twitter and absolutely give hell. <laughs> I mean, talk about putting your name on the map. You get a chance to go into a hostile environment like Carver Hawkeye Arena is. It will be rocking and rowdy. I'm positive of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, Casey Swiderski, true freshman. How is he going to respond in an environment like that? And if you've 
seen Casey Swiderski and how he carries himself, he really doesn't seem like the guy who's going to be rattled by a few thousand people booing him or rooting against him. He completely seems like the type of guy that will just feed off that energy. You want Swiderski in when you're at the bar and the big man comes up and starts picking on you and you turn around and look at him and he goes, yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> that's <laughs> that guy. That's, that's Swiderski. I will say that. That is that guy. He's a junkyard dog. Yeah. Oh, man. So one more note, home. one more note on 141. Uh, if it, it is indeed Rail Woods that gets the call for the Hawkeyes, it will be his first match of the season. And Casey Swiderski can just pour it on late in periods. We saw him open up that Grandview match late. So if Swiderski can, you know, sort of take him to deep waters and there's been rumors of Rail Woods struggling with getting down to 141 as well. So that could be difficult could be a factor i think i i just see it on the i see it on the twitter poll or twitter right now all the iowa fans well it's his first match well you see here he's struggling right now i don't want no i don't want any excuses i want results and that's where i will pour it onto twitter yeah so tremendous opportunity there for the freshman on to Iowa State's other superstar true freshman, Pinero Johnson, 149, up to number eight in the country in the Intermat rankings. And he will be taking on Max Mirren, who's just ahead of him, number six. Max Mirren, the redshirt senior, he's been one win away from becoming an All-American each of his three seasons that he's wrestled at the national tournament. So Max Mirren, I mean, that is just a stingy, gritty wrestler. And then you, you know, kind of juxtapose that with man, I'm using words that are way too big for me here, Jacob. It's, you, a, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, 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 you know what? Just take a deep breath. It'll be all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm just as excited as you are. I'm starting to fumble. All right. Absolutely. So you put that against Panero Johnson, you know, just such an explosive style, really dynamic wrestler versus sort of the grit and consistency of Max Mirren. And that is something, you know, just matchup wise, uh, you know, the clash of styles is super intriguing to a wrestling fan in this matchup. Well, and you got to remember, uh, Panero Johnson beat Austin Gomez in Wisconsin. So he is not afraid to take these guys on. I am going to go. I, I'm going to say this, Sam. I'm going back on the Twitter. And if if Panero Johnson beats him. I'm going to go and rub it in their face. I really will. I, I am I am excited for these matches. This 141 and 149, it gets me excited. I, I want to jump on the mat again. Yeah, Johnson and Swiderski, you know, just two guys with uh, a lot of attitude that seem like they will just relish an environment like Carver Hawkeye Arena. And this is only the, the lower weights. I mean, you're, you're going to keep on talking. But then we we also got uh, Marcus Coleman we uh, going against uh, and then younger Bastida and then I want to see that Sam Skyler match oh my gosh we'll I, we'll get there we, Jacob I know I'm getting really excited now all right I got to hold my expectations down Jacob would be all yes right. I mean and that is a good point because Iowa State has tremendous potential in these lower weights and tremendous opportunity but. There is also, I mean, they're not favored at 141 or 149. Do not let us give you the wrong idea. Those are matches that the Hawkeyes are expected to win. And if Iowa comes out and wins all the close meets in this match, in this dual meet, 
if they win all the close matches in this dual meet, then this will look just like the Iowa, Iowa state duels of old where, you know, the final score is super lopsided despite, uh, you know, all the improvement that Iowa state has shown up to this point this season. Yeah. And like Sam said, it's more of excitement. I think Sam and I both know what these kids are capable of. These young men are capable of now. Will it happen on the Iowa duel? We can't tell you, but I, it's going to be a fireworks show. And it always is with Iowa, but with these young men coming in, it's going to be really fun. So we ought to keep on going because I, we, we're not, we're only halfway done folks. We got to continue. Absolutely. So 157, this is where uh, sort of a softer spot in both of these lineups. Jason Kreiser, pretty unproven so far this season, wrestled 149 last year. And then at 157 for the Hawkeyes, it sounds like they list Kobe Siebrecht of Lisbon and Caleb Rathjian, but it sounds like it's going to be Kobe Siebrecht. Uh, You know, he had a big pin last week, pin against pin in that dual meet. But so he's, you know, he's got a lot of respect based off that. But at the time of the pin, he was, you know, just a split second from getting pinned himself. Obviously, a super strong wrestler, Kobe Siebrecht, and he's probably favored against Kreiser on the basis of winning, you know, getting a ranked win there. Ah, gosh, I'm certainly not writing Kreiser out of this match. No, uh, Kreiser has done very well for himself in the, in the span of time that he's been here. Um, it's the, these matches are so close, Sam, they're going to be so close. It's going to be so gritty. This is going to be a gritty match. I mean, all these matches are going to be gritty. I mean, I, I could say maybe a one or two aren't the rest. I mean, you could sway both ways and well, and even the ones that aren't, it's going to be fighting for bonus points in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think, I think Kreiser can do it. I think he really can. But like I've been telling you and and the rest of the folks on here, will they? We will see. We'll see. So 165, it's going to be David Carr. We know that for the Cyclones. And we know it's going to be Patrick Kennedy for Iowa, who is a, you know, a super hot recruit out of Minnesota. He really has a lot of, uh, I don't know, potential, a lot of uh, people thinking he will do great things and he's done really well. He's got some good results. Uh, you know, we all know David Carr was the representative for team USA on the under 23 world team in freestyle this off season. David Carr got that because of his performance at senior nationals at age group nationals. Patrick Kennedy actually won that weight class. There wasn't a wrestle off for the spot there. So we haven't seen these two compete against each other yet, but Kennedy is a bulldog Um, you know, taking over for Alex Marinelli and I think a little bit higher attack rate than Alex Marinelli. That's where, you know, I, Iowa fans really think that Pat Kennedy has a chance to win this match. And I not saying by any means that David Carr is going to score bonus points in this match, but Kennedy's style of go, go, go. I think it plays against him because like we talked about earlier, David Carr is incredible at the reshots. He will just punish you if uh, if you're not ready, he can stop you, redirect you real quick and boom, he's in on your legs. Boom. He's got you sat down. So I, I'm just not seeing it there. I just don't see David Carr getting upset in this match. No, that, that plays a big factor in uh, Patrick Kennedy's style. And I, I know what you're talking about that. 
that go, 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 you know, don't stop, keep on going. But when you go against David Carr, go, go, go means I've got an opportunity to reshoot in and sit you right on your ass. Yeah. Big one there. If Carr does get the chance at bonus points, would love to see him chase him down, but I'm not crossing my, I'm not holding my breath on that one. 174, another questionable spot. Julian Broderson, he is ranked 23rd by Intermat, taking on Nelson Brands, who's ranked 15 by Intermat. Brands missed uh, the early portion of the season, came back last week, mentioned that he was in a motorcycle accident uh, right before the season. So that's what kept him out with a collarbone injury. Did fine in his first match back. Got a win against a pretty good wrestler from Penn. I think you have to say that Nelson Brands is going to be the favorite in this match. Also, Julian Broderson has lost to Nelson Brands in the past and some other Iowa wrestlers at this weight. I was favored there, but Julian Broderson, we already mentioned it this podcast, had a good offseason. What can he show? Yeah, this is a prime time. Broderson, what can you do for this weight class? I mean, this is this is perfect opportunity to say, Hey, um, I'm stamping my, my 174 approval right on here. And I'm going to beat this guy. Um, will it happen? Like I said, well, we will see. Absolutely. Yeah. Let chance we talked about earlier. He's got a leg up on Tate being the representative at this spot at big 12s, but he hasn't slammed the door shut yet. You know, you win this match and uh, I'm sure, you know, you get some of the drama involved, but if this is something that helps seal the deal, then you are shutting that door tighter and tighter and have potential to just slam it shut if you do really well here. Yep. Uh, and and Kevin Drescher will be watching this. I know he will. And uh, well, I hope he watches all the matches. Jacob. I know he will watch, but he'll keep his eye on this one because just just like any coach, they, they want to put their best wrestlers out there. And I'm sure... Uh, Julian Broderson wants to uh, show that he he owns that spot. So I expect a full on battle. I really Absolutely. do. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I mean, Julian Broderson, he's a Davenport assumption kid. He's from Eastern Iowa, uh, you know, going back over to that side of the state and ready to make some noise. Absolutely. Then we go to uh, Iowa State's hometown kid, Marcus Coleman, 184. He's ranked number five in the country. And he's got, on paper, a pretty good matchup. Abasad of Iowa is ranked number eight in the country. But the way the 184-pound weight class is, uh, there's levels. And Abasad and Marcus Coleman, in my opinion, are not on the same level at all. Uh, for a number five versus eight matchup, I am incredibly confident Marcus Coleman is going to make this match happen, make this win happen. And Do you, do you remember the last year's... Uh, score i thought it was kind of lopsided these two actually did not wrestle it was oh, wait someone wait else okay i thought maybe i was thinking he was but okay anyways no i i agree with that I, marcus is on a different level and uh i don't i don't see marcus losing unless you know there has been a couple things that are a couple times that you there's been head scratchers but I don't, especially with Iowa, I don't see Marcus losing concentration on this. Another thing to mention here, Marcus Coleman is actually, believe it or not, the only starter for Iowa State that has wrestled in this IHawk duel in Carver Hawkeye Arena before this weekend. Hmm. Oh, bringing out some facts over here. Yeah, a bit of a surprise. The 
uh, year, uh, 2021 big 10 schools did not wrestle outside of the big 10. And that was, was when Iowa was supposed to host the meet. And then you factor in that Iowa state's got such a young lineup. So a bit surprising, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting fact. And gosh, every time there's a big meet in Carver, people talk about, you know, what ranked wrestler is going to go down. And I just really think that, you know, these young guys are not going to back down. And then you've got seasoned veterans like Marcus Coleman and it didn't phase him last time. So I really don't think it's going to phase him this time. No, no, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure that he's going to be laser focused, ready to go. And, you know, uh, Marcus can start racking up points real quick, just as, you know, as uh, you know, he takes that, does that takedown all of a sudden he's like, wow, that's five points right there. How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I think there's bonus point potential here. I think there's probably more bonus point potential here than in David Carver's Patrick Kennedy, which might surprise oh, some people. I, I know. I, I agree with that. I mean, you've seen that with uh, Marcus, especially with high end competition, all of a sudden he starts racking that bonus points up like, wow. Okay. We, and, and we need it as much as we can. I know, I know I had my hype up moment, but in reality, any bonus points that we can get is going to be super beneficial for this matchup. Yeah, for sure. Then you get to 197. Man, the good matches just do not end. This is going to be good from start to finish. National runner up Jacob Warner taking on Iowa State's All American Younger Bassita. Younger Bassita won this match. This was his coming out party last year, Jacob. We saw a 4 2 victory and we saw Younger Bassita slam his head here. And I think now he knows that takes away a team point for whatever stupid reason wrestling does that. Um, but love the energy. And I think Bassita is another wrestler who will just relish being in this envir- environment. Oh, yeah. I, I, this is the grudge match, I would say. And, uh, like I said, younger Bastida has improved so much. And I, I imagine Warner has too, but I'm excited. I, this is, this is, so you got Swiderski as one, like one a, and then you've got Pinero as one B. This would be the one C like, this is like the UFC events. It just doesn't stop. Just There's, co-main events. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just main event after main event after main event. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So hopefully uh younger Bessita can get the knockout punch and seal this one up before heavyweight even happens. If we do indeed start at 125. You know, one thing that I, sorry, Sam, but one thing I noticed is I think the just relentlessness of Bastida last year got to Warner. You know what I'm saying? He kept on doing takedown after takedown after takedown after takedown. And I think that almost wore out Warner. And then pretty soon it mistakes started happening. And I he got them a couple takedowns and that sealed the fate. I mean, yeah. he did he he did the same thing with uh uh who gosh dang it. Uh a Missouri kid. Yeah, Rocky Elam. Yeah, Rocky Elam. He did he did the exact same thing. And speaking of Rocky Elam, Jacob Warner wrestled Rocky Elam in the all-star duel. Uh, Rocky Elam got the victory. So I think, uh, you know, after the duel meet last year, younger Bastida spent a lot of time ranked ahead of Jacob Warner. And then Jacob Warner comes into this match ranked ahead of younger Bastida because of his performance at the national tournament. But that doesn't take into account the fact that 
Rocky Elam beat Jacob Warner a couple weeks ago and that younger Bastida has beaten Rocky Elam in the past and that younger Bastida. I mean, for crying out loud, he won this match last year that in younger Bastida's trajectory is just through the roof. So I don't think there's necessarily any reason to think that he's not a little bit favored here. Yeah, I would say he's he's a little bit favored, but I will say I know Warner has this matchup circled because last year he was ranked ahead and here comes this young buck coming in and all of a sudden he lost. So I imagine he's been circling this matchup. The so. other thing is I'd be a little bit surprised to see younger Bessita take down in this match. I know he's been working on his mat wrestling, but uh, you know, this is one where Bessita has shown to be the better wrestler in neutral. So I don't think they will even risk going onto the mat. No, I wouldn't risk it at all. I would, I would want to get out of there as soon as possible. I mean, just as much as he's, you know, done his mat wrestling, you know, on the mat itself, you know, trying to improve at this point, I would say, man, don't be on that ground. You get up and you get in your neutral spot because that is his, his uh, baby. Yeah. So that brings us to heavyweight. Uh, we talked about it, ended the meet last year, very controversially with Sam Skyler getting disqualified out of the match. And Sam Skyler is another wrestler like younger Bessita who showed tremendous improvement over the course of the season. And so far this year has looked a mile ahead of where he ended the season last year. Has he put on some weight? I, I don't know. It sure looks like it. It look he looks a lot bulkier. And last season was his first year not wrestling 197. Basically, he's got more time to progress into being a heavyweight. I don't think he will ever be a big heavyweight, but he can be a solid heavyweight and be bigger than he was last year. He was slamming that Grandview guy down, if I remember his name. Uh it was Grant Hagen. Hagen. Yeah, Grant Hagen. He was slamming him down. And it wasn't just like one time. I think he did that three or four times. So, I mean, he's he he's bulked up, but not in a bad way where he slowed down. He's pretty quick. He's still quick. And he's really improved. I mean, I, I would, if I had a title of the most improved wrestler out of last year, Sam would be that top guy. And it's shown that he has progressed from last year to this year as the most improved guy. And, and I'm excited to see him get back after it after, after what happened last year. I was, it was bullshit. Sorry. Yeah, I got it. Was, it was, it was <laughs> uh, with that being said, Tony Cassiope is an absolute animal at heavyweight for the Hawkeyes. And you know, he is, uh, what's he ranked? I think it's, he's like number five right now. Is he? He's number four in the country right now. So it's a number four versus Sam Skyler has climbed all the way up to 10. So uh, top 10 matchup, but Cassio B, it's kind of like at 184. Uh, Marcus Coleman is in a different tier than Ava Saad. Right now, Tony Cassiope is in a different tier than Sam Skyler. But with the, you know, we saw Skyler beat two time All American Trent Hilger in the Wisconsin duel. He's got, uh, I don't want to say he's got. He certainly has a chance to win. It's not likely, but I there's no reason to expect that he's going to get stalling DQ'd or put to his back and give up six again. And I, I, frankly, I'd be surprised to see a major decision. Yeah, I I, I do too. Uh, you remember Cassiope actually wrestled in that all-star matchup. He did. He wrestled Daniel Kirkfleet of Penn State, and he took a loss there too. So 
uh, Iowa actually lost all their <laughs> matches there, whereas Iowa State didn't. So advantage Iowa State, at least there. <laughs> Point to Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I don't – I'm I'm excited to see Sam go out there and, and compete. But Cassiope, like you said, is on a different level. He's – and you can definitely tell. Um, I would be surprised if there was a win – but I'd also be surprised if it, you know, that score went above into a major decision as well. Yeah, I think barring Spencer Lee showing up, then this is probably the weight where Iowa is favored the heaviest. And what was it last year? I mean, it wasn't the the score was closer. Well, it was hard. The score in this match or in the last in, year in the dual meet or the match. In the match, the the match itself. It's, it's hard to say because there were so many stalling points that racked up. So, you know, Skyler had not scored an offensive point, no takedowns or anything. And Cassiope had gotten a couple takedowns, if I remember right, and maybe a set of back points. The ref just got incredibly stall happy. And it is, I mean, I've watched a lot of college wrestling and I have never seen something like that. No, especially how fast it was. Like, I will say this. I think that Iowa was getting so rowdy that the refs were like, okay, we've got to find a way to get out of this now. And so they, they just, you know, it wasn't even a minute. They just wanted to end the meet. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like, uh, you know, a lot of people asking why Iowa wasn't penalized for their actions after the meet that would have to come down from the big 10 or from the university of Iowa, because as soon as that last match is over, the dual meets over the refs, power and authority are done. That's when his jurisdiction stops. You can't take team points after the last match. So uh, I think they were just ready to end it and get on their merry way. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate. I know how Iowa can be uh, a really, really, really a thorn in your side. And even the refs were like, I'm done with Iowa. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but I do have a question asking. I, we've went through all the weights. Let me ask you this, Sam. What is your prediction on uh, Terry getting off the bench and doing what he did last year? Man, I don't know what the odds are, but there are certainly going to be some fireworks and antics. I think it was one of the first Iowa, Iowa State meets that I, I mean, there always are with this meet. Um, but especially so between these two staffs, um, one of the first Iowa state meets that I went to was in Carver Hawkeye arena. Cause I'm from Eastern Iowa and it was, uh, gosh, I think kale would have been the coach for Iowa state then, or maybe it was Bobby Douglas, but, uh, yeah, it was probably was Bobby Douglas. And I remember the, those two coaching staffs, you know, wagging fingers at each other in the middle of the mat and just jawing at each other. And it was like. Dan Gable was on staff at Iowa at that point. And, you know, they had just talked about all the great things he represents as both a Cyclone and a Hawkeye. And then he's out in the middle of the mat telling the Iowa state coaches to go screw themselves. So, uh, you know, (laughs) we can save my thoughts on Dan Gable for another episode, but, uh, you know, there's bad blood in, you know, I I do enjoy the wrestling aspect of the Cyhawk rivalry because the, football rivalry so many of the fans want to say like oh it doesn't matter oh we don't care about it oh it's not a rivalry and here's the thing iowa has won like a ridiculous amount of these things in a row i don't even know the last time iowa state won i want to say it was like 17 dual meets ago which i don't like to bring up 
But even with that, the Iowa coaching staff completely acknowledges that this is a big deal. They're they're like, absolutely. This is like one of the biggest duels of the year. So both teams are fully in on it. They're not even pretending that it's not bigger than the rest because it is. This one means more. This one means all the biscuits. Absolutely. It, it, I, it's like it's like your sibling, the bigger sibling that always gets the thing, but then the younger sibling finally is starting to grow and mature and become the stronger one. And all of a sudden the bigger, bigger sibling goes, uh-uh, you can't do that. You know, this is our spot. And the younger siblings kind of saying, F you, we're done with you. We're going to do our own thing and we're going to succeed. And I think this is the point where Iowa state has grown exponentially. And I, like I said, this match, this, this duel is, is a toss up at this point as you know, if, if things go our way and you know, the toss ups go, we're going to win this, but we just have to have those toss ups land our way. And Oh boy. If Iowa State wins at Carver Hawkeye, oh, oh, I, I, I want to see the aftermath. I really do. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be hell. There will be incredible content to come from this meet, regardless of the outcome. And I, I guarantee you, if it does, Sam and I will be on the, the, the side. We will throw out something so that we can get you guys all the feedback and everything, what we think and going. Um, I don't know about you, Sam, but this just gives me the butterflies in my stomach. I'm just pumped up. It feels like I'm back on the mat. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for my closing thoughts on the dual meet, uh, if a lot of people say it just depends on whether Spencer Lee wrestles or not, if Iowa State has a chance, and I disagree with that, there are plenty of toss-ups and swing matches that Iowa State can pull off. They may not be favored to, but they were not favored in a lot of the matches they won against Wisconsin. I know this is a different beast, but this is also a different Iowa state team than we've had in the past. So I think if Spencer Lee does wrestle, Iowa state needs to find six wins, which will be extremely difficult, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I will say this as my final thoughts as well. It's going to be the lower weights. The lower weights are going to have to find people to win them. Uh, Swarderskis, the Paneros, uh, even the, even, uh, uh, Kreiser, or even if let's just say Spencer Lee doesn't come back, Tarakina needs to get those bonus points, whether that's a major tech or fall, we would want a fall. Uh, Everybody wants a fall, but even if you can get one extra bonus point, that could be the difference between winning or losing. So everybody needs to be on board and be laser focused on this because this is one of her most important duels. I'm going to say it. I know a lot of people are like, I do, you know, like what Sam was saying, this is not a big deal. It really isn't. It is a big deal. It is bragging rights and it is helpful for the coaching staff to go. Yeah, we did beat Iowa. And come to our staff and we can continue to beat Iowa. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks. Uh, number two Hawkeyes taking on the number seven, your Iowa State Cyclones in Carver Hawkeye Arena. If you can't make it, then it will be on Big Ten Network at 1.30 on Sunday. 
That's how I'll be watching. Uh, we'd love to have you come join us in the Discord to discuss as it's going on. Jacob, anything else? Go Cyclones. There you have it, folks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sudden Victory Wrestling Podcast presented by Wide Right Natty Light. For Jacob England, I'm Sam Phillips. Have a good one, Cyclone fans. See you guys.